0: He
2: the score! NASCAR! Green flag waves again
0: at the World Center of Racing. Plus, the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773 572 3006 or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit LegendOldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devin, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, show 256 for Tuesday, August 8th, and uh, we have some big stuff today. I mean, I don't know that there's an incredibly high amount of it, but some of it is going to get some good discussion. We hope we get discussion from you guys. If you don't call now, you know, during the show, feel free to leave feedback at the 800-693-0595 option two. make sure you mention for Forrest Lounge, but uh, Perry and the rest of us here. So Chris, let's get the little stuff out of the way, because we we do have some big topics that I think could, could generate quite a bit of discussion.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, we're now officially in our sixth year of operation here. Uh, our anniversary, our fifth anniversary was uh, August 5th. That was a Sunday in 2018, and so Saturday was our anniversary, and I'm sure everybody went out and partied and uh, had a good time. <laughs> so anyway, so we have, of course, we'll talk about some of the quicker stuff, the women's soccer, need to talk about that. Uh, we have a couple of items in, items in NASCAR, and we'll get into baseball, and, of course, that's always the topic as we head down the stretch. Uh, college sports and a lot going on with realignment, more realignment. Yes, yeah, even more and more. Or more uh, NFL stuff And in and baseball, movies. remember,
0: Chris, we have that suspension. They want to stay tuned for the suspension
2: yes we have yeah. we have a suspension. we have two suspensions actually yes we have a yes. broadcast and, and, a, and a fight that caused other suspensions that will be appealed um so college sports more uh, maneuverings and you know the landscape uh, changing again then uh, the nfl and a couple of media items within that and of course the nfl exhibition season starts on i refuse to call it preseason. exhibition season starts on thursday for real because we just had the hall of fame game the other night and then the nba well pro basketball really and uh, about three items in that and then Robert and I are going to try, try, try to get some of this NHL stuff off off our plates. And there was a big trade in the NHL, so we want to we want to talk about that if nothing else is possible. Okay, so Sweden beat USA five to four in penalty kicks on early Sunday morning, and it was a scoreless tie, and they got into penalty penalty kicks, and uh, that uh, and that means you play. Uh, uh, you know, 120 minutes before you get to that point with a scoreless tie. So they never got their offense together, the U.S. team. The U.S. team was going for a three-peat in Women's World Cup. Worst finish ever. They'd never been lower than third. So uh, they went home and this is the, uh, you know, the first round of the knockout. So they, they were knocked out right away. Uh, They're supposedly young and kind of uh, banged up. And they also had had an older player. I forget what her name is. who's going to be retiring now.
1: Megan Rapinoe. uh,
2: Megan Rapinoe. That's right. And they, they, on the goal that there was a disputed goal that went in, lost by a millimeter, basically on a replay. So that's, one of those things. But they weren't playing real well. Uh, well I think they um, would even... uh, by
3: the way, I know Perry liked so I'll do it here. Megan Rapinoe was born and raised in Redding, California. So,
2: okay. All there right. You okay. There you go. There uh, you go. Chris Buescher won his uh, second in a row in NASCAR. Martin Truax uh, Jr. still leading in the standings. Miss A told me that we did, you know, the, a race was delayed as usual, rainy Sunday wherever they are, and it was in Michigan this time. And they had rain Sunday, and they did finish, but they suspended, and came back yesterday, and we have a suspended driver, Noah Graxton, uh, indefinite suspension. He seemed to they they're not totally disclosing what happened, but he seemed to have a meme on his account uh, mocking George Floyd, and you know, if you're sort of a like, you know, you go in and you say that you think that's a cool thing, and that's apparently what he did. It's not confirmed. He's uh, 33rd in points, so he's not going to the playoffs or anything like that. He's 25 years old, so he needs to basically grow up. Okay, so that is – that stuff. baseball. All right. So we did – okay, go ahead, Perry.
0: No, go ahead. I think it was Sean asked. I oh, go, so okay. let's get go. Oh, oh yeah. It was oh, you were just
2: rejoicing. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. We had one more trade that was worth mentioning. After we got off the air, Texas acquired Austin Hedges <clears> from <throat> Pittsburgh for uh, pool money for the international pool. He's not much of a hitter, but a good defensive catcher. And Jonah Heim has a bad wrist, so they want to make sure they have a good catcher back there nowadays in the running day- games of baseball.
0: Bruce Bochy uh, thought um, huh? that Jonah Heim could be back by mid-september but he said he, they couldn't take that chance that if he wasn't you know he, he said we just can't take that chance
2: that's right and then right uh, it was a good day for houston astros fans because they they were able to get the verlander which they did while we were on the air last, last week or just after we were on while well, just before we were on the air it was part of our report mm-hmm. but Frommer valdez had pitched a no hitter against cleveland and uh, you know, so that uh, they got uh, him, and they they then uh, their young pitcher pitched a no hitter, and so that was that was pretty good for them. Uh, There's
1: 16
3: in their history, Chris.
2: Very, very. Yeah, that's that's a lot for the Astros, yeah. actually, when you consider yeah. they've only been around since 1962. About uh, 15 more than the Mets, isn't it?
3: That's correct. And uh, <laughs> remember, a few of those are combined, though, hitters with the Yankees. Right. Outros. Yeah,
2: they had a long, they had a combined one in the Yankee Stadium, I remember, in 03. Yeah. Uh, the top 10 odds. Now, these change every day. This is if you listen to your BetQL network and all that kind of stuff, you hear this kind of stuff. And, and people can put in a bet, and you bet the odds that are on the day that you bet. And so the top 10 teams, and this is right after the trade deadline to win the World Series. And he gave numbers, but they don't mean anything to me. David did. Nope. David USF, thank you again. But the top 10 teams, starting with number 10, it's almost like... Last Tuesday, top ten in you know college basketball or football. In a way, you know, ten was San Francisco, nine Minnesota, eight Philadelphia, seven Toronto six, Baltimore, five, Texas, four, Tampa Bay, three, Houston. Of course, they, I'm sure they jumped up a bunch of teams with getting Verlander, two, the Dodgers, and one, Atlanta. So, you know, it's just, if you did it today, if you could find that website or whatever, you'd probably have a whole, you know, three or four different, just like anything else. It's kind of fun. You know, you don't have to understand the numbers, just uh, who, who's the favorites right now, you know. Uh, Joey Votto has hit 50 homers against the Cubs, the most ever against one team. So and this is a this is child's play. Babe Ruth hit 123 against Detroit. Now remember the teams used to play everybody 22 times in their league because you only had seven other teams. Then it went down to 18 in your division. Then it was uh, 19, 15, but it is now 10 to 13. But the point is, they played each other a lot more, so it's not surprising. So, uh, Willie Mays had 92 against the Cubs, and that's the most against them. But you, you look at teams, Ted Williams, has, uh, you know, high records against a couple of teams, uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Lou Gehrig, usual suspects. From this entry, Barry Bonds, however, had 87 against San Diego, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, he, uh, used to play, at, you know. I just said that about the 22, and down now down to 13. Uh, Eric Nadell has returned uh, Friday or returned Friday to the Texas booth, uh, Texas Rangers radio booth. He's back from mental concerns and glad to see him back. He's a good announcer, and I guess you said he's been traveling a little bit, huh?
0: He did. He, tra- he this is his first trip. Uh, that yeah. The first game was last night in Oakland, but uh, yeah. uh, now he's not doing. I don't know if this is going to continue um, or what, but so far uh, Jarrett Sandler is still doing the pregame interview. And then Matt Hicks is still doing the Bruce Bochy interview. And I suppose for this, for this season, they may just leave that alone.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, Corbin Carroll with Arizona has uh, had 20 homers and 35 fields as a rookie. And that's, uh, there are three others who've ever done that in 2012 with Mike Trout with the Angels in 77 Mitchell Page with the A's you know yeah who, I, I
3: remember Mitchell Page yep.
2: <laughs> did he get hurt because uh, he did start off like a house of fire did yeah, he get hurt he did, did, he did,
3: he did get hurt and that curtailed his major league career had he too not bad. gotten hurt he would have been one hell of a player
2: and uh, 66 Tommy Agee with the White Sox and you don't even think all you think about him is the uh, the catch against the uh, with the Mets in yeah, the 69, 69 World Mets. Series mm-hmm. and I was thinking back I think he was also involved in a trade for Tommy John he went you need The the White Sox and the Indians made a trade, and Tommy John ended up, uh, I think, with the White Sox on that deal. Well, after what happened on
3: Saturday night, I don't think they'll be trading anytime
2: soon. (laughs) No, we'll get to that. Uh, And uh, this just in, Angel Hernandez is still not a good umpire. He's been out uh, for most of the year with a bad back, but both uh, the Yankees and Astros uh, announcing crews were not happy with him. He called a balk against the Yankees and a bad strike call against the Astros. So uh, both crews were criticizing him, and so Angel's back in town. And this this just shows you that how much can they lose in a lawsuit, uh, you know, at this point? I mean, can't they just cut ties with him somehow or another?
0: Well, you think think. union
2: union. Yeah. Well, yeah, strong. He's a minority, too. So, you know, and then I I
0: would think, though, that whether you're a minority or strong union or what, if you're not doing a good job. At some point, I would think that runs out. Oh, that yeah. I, think,
2: I think he's on 10 nights. If he ever gets to the point where he crosses some line because umpires have been suspended for doing stuff too you know yes against players or whatever if he ever crosses a line because they know he's not very good oh and the other one i went by somewhere the last day or two and somebody was arguing that last year he's one of our famous umpires that doesn't do very well he's the one that did the red sox astros game in 21 and may have cost the red sox uh, an important game in the playoffs. so that's another one that uh, he bears watching. and he
0: and he's a crew chief
3: and and, yeah. and he's also and he's also a minority if I don't he is, right but, he
2: is, yeah but you know yeah. angels just been around so long and they just can't get rid of him. yeah uh, okay well Saturday we did have a brawl between the White Sox <laughs> and Cleveland Tim Good Anderson thing we got a
1: boxing guy here yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Tim Anderson was and this is we'll see about appeals but Tim Anderson's been suspended they, they for both six are games
1: appealing,
2: Chris. yeah well of course and Jose Ramirez suspended for three games. And, and they'll appeal, as we said. Uh, and on an earlier play that I heard about, apparently, he got Tim Anderson got away with something. Because he, uh, one of the Guardians, I don't even know who, got into second base. It was a close play. And he kind of pushed him off the bag. And the replay showed it. But they didn't call it. They didn't say, well, he's safe because of interference or whatever. You could do that. You know, he, he was in safely, everybody says, and was pushed off the bag by Anderson. And I think that was either the night before or earlier in the game. So that set up the bad blood uh, that happened. But apparently, yeah. the White Sox are kind of a mess from what we're hearing uh, yeah, tell that story, Perry.
0: Yeah, the uh, Middleton, one of the pitchers that they traded to the Yankees a week or so ago, said there's all sorts of dysfunction. Tim Anderson is really not liked by about anybody on the team. And remember, the White Sox were trying to trade him, so that might tell yep. you that may tell you why they yep. couldn't. But mm-hmm. apparently, he's had issues fighting with uh, Yasmani Grandal, the, the catcher on the team. Um, he's battled with pitchers, and it. It sounds like he's just not a likable guy.
2: Yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. and I guess I said Jose Obregu used to kind of stabilize things in there, and he's he, not there he did anymore. So. Right? Yeah, so yeah. That's not good. And
1: go listen to the call. Go listen to the call from Tom Hamilton on that. I mean, he he went full on boxing announcer. Down goes right. Anderson. Those,
0: yeah. Go listen this to went, that call. You. This was one <laughs> of those. If you. You know, normally they just kind of push, you know, they push each other and this and this and this. This was not one of those. There were punches thrown by Anderson and Jose Ramirez. And Ramirez said after the game, uh, through his interpreter, he said he just had had enough that Tim Anderson disrespects the game and he had had enough of it.
2: Yeah, and I think, again, it began with that pushing the, the guy off the base. Correct. And, and you know, re- we, remember
3: one thing about the Dominican Republic, because that's where uh, Jose Ramirez is from. The two most popular sports in that country are baseball number one and boxing number two. There you, you know, go. You either grow up on, his, uh, on the diamond or you grow up in the boxing game, and apparently Jose Ramirez, from what I was told, has done both. And that's <laughs> why he handles it uh, <laughs> so well. So, right. but, uh, not but, you know, it wasn't, you know though,
0: Go, go go ahead, Sean. Then I'll go ahead, Sean. I was, go I was ahead. gonna say it's not it's not quite uh,
1: Nolan Ryan, Robin Ventura, but as far as good baseball fights, it was probably a top 5
0: You great. don't wow. see, you don't see the fights anymore because baseball has really tightened up mm-hmm. on those. Now on Sunday, uh, I was listening to the pregame show for the Cubs, and uh, Mark Leiter Jr., one of the pitchers uh, for the Cubs, said that. He sees nothing wrong with occasional good hockey fights in baseball. He said, yeah. "I think it, he said, hey, number one, it would increase the rivalries; it would get the fans into it." But uh, I don't think Rob Manford agrees with him. I think Rob would prefer we not have those. But um. well, and a lot.
1: The,
3: the giant pregame on Sunday also said Perry that uh, they thought it was good for the sport because baseball players are too friendly with each other. And that's
0: what, Li- it, that's it, what Leiter That's what Lighter said.
3: And it, it, he, they said it's it good to have, say, Giants hating Dodgers and things like that. So, Well, the interesting
2: uh, thing, I'm wondering if your games is, is uh, with each team is making this because there has usually by now been three fights in this division involving Tampa Bay. And there haven't been any yet, and I think this is the first fight I can, off the top of my head, remember. I can remember other years we'd come in every two weeks or so and be talking about some fight somewhere in baseball, right. and I think well, this is if, the first one we talked about.
0: If you think back a couple of weeks ago, Chris, remember when um, Ian Happ accidentally hit Wilson Contreras in the head with a bat on the on the backswing, and uh, Miles Michaelis, pitcher for the Cardinals, purposefully hit Ian Happ. I was almost confident. We were going to have a fight by the end of that series, but yeah. we, we didn't. But I sure thought they were, the Cubs and the Cardinals would get into it by the end of that yeah. series. And I wonder if part of the reason was that David Roth figured, hey, we've gotten ourselves back into something. We don't need guys suspended.
2: That's right. Yep. That's right.
0: So speaking,
2: speaking of suspensions, and we just talked about it, we had another suspension, although they're denying, the Orioles are denying it's a suspension. But everybody uh, knows. it's a. Uh, we know what suspension was. He won. Kevin Brown was suspended indefinitely by the Orioles because he said that they this year had won more at the tro- at Tropicana Field than they had there in the last three years, which is a good thing. That was a celebratory yeah. comment. You know, I, I brought the example up in, uh, I mean, you could saw. OK, the Red Sox hadn't had a winning season since 1958, and they beat the Yankees about three weeks before the end of the season, got them their 82, 82nd win, which meant they were going to have a winning season. And not that they had a party, didn't have champagne, but both Ken Coleman and Ned Martin, the game was on radio and TV, both mentioned it, did didn't get suspended. It's a good thing you don't have to say, "Hey, you know, you, you haven't done something for like nine years." They had lost series at the Trop, all the series at the Trop, and of course that's a divisional foe since two thousand seventeen. You know, so this—that's what the point was. And the the graphic was put up there for him to say it wasn't like right. he made it up or came out. So the whole—so how come the whole Scott Zolak and others have said, "How come the whole crew wasn't suspended?" did they give correct. you the stuff it's to say whole, on TV,
3: the entire t- this was—they the, have production meetings before they go on the air. And so you talk about what you're going to present, and so they they make up the graphics and they put the graphics up, and the, and the announcers read from that, especially during the pregame show. And that's yeah. exactly what this was.
0: Well, and the the color analyst was Ben McDonald. We never heard Ben McDonald's response to it. I'm sure it was something basically agreeing that's, with it. Is that sure right.
2: what it was? That's but great, great that we're finally having being able to play a good baseball against Tampa Bay, something like that, you know.
0: But the the thing you got to remember with this one is you don't normally see every announcing crew around the league discussing something. I think in every game that I've listened to yesterday and today, it's been all over the place. I mean, you heard, I, like it. It. I mean, you heard everybody, even I first heard about it from, on Theme uh, Tory on Mad dog radio in the five o'clock hour central time. And then I listened to the audio and every time I listened to the audio, I, I kind of have the same view that Amy Lawrence did last night. She said the first time I listened to it, and she said when it stopped she said i wonder did they cut it off too early did i miss what he yeah. said and she said then i went back and listened again and she said every time you listen you're even more baffled than you were the first time right yeah Yeah. yeah. and so, i
1: like i like what uh gary cohen said the best i had a really good quote he said you know what this team they already did this to john miller now they're doing this again you know and there's 29 other teams that would hire him in a minute and i mean gary cohen went on about a two three minute rant about it
0: well yeah, i yeah. think i think if something happens with the Orioles, probably all he's got to do is just pick up a, he'll get more games with the spn problem
2: oh oh yeah, yeah. And then the the other thing, of course, the Angelos family, this is John Angelos now. I guess Peter's not doing well. But the no. thing is, is, they are now apparently, and I didn't know this, and this, is, this isn't going to happen because they just aren't getting away with this. They are threatening because, obviously, attendance is about back big time with their improvement this year. And uh, they are threatening to move out of uh, Camden Yards to Nashville because their lease is running out at the end of the year. And MLB won't stand for that. That's no. not going to happen.
0: But, you no, know, like not- like Steve Torrey said yesterday, he said, number one, if you just look at it on a on a. a jet- General term, He said the Orioles are having the best year that they've had in a long time. He said, why do you want all the bad publicity? Yeah. Yeah. He
2: the said, he family. said, yeah.
0: all this, he said, all this is going to do for you is get you bad publicity. And I mean, we've had announcers in the past few days, even, I mean, when John Carlos Stanton was kind of sauntering around second base to get the third on a base hit the other day, John and Susan said he was barely almost walking. Yep and they said so it was last night last night in fact John said, you think we get in trouble, you know, when we say, well, the Yankees can't hit. Cause he said, we say that almost every day. Susan says, well, how yeah. about when we say they don't run? <laughs> That's
2: right. That's right. So anyway, just uh, to finish up baseball, I did a little statistical thing. You know, you talk about, they always talk about the restarts in NASCAR and stuff, and somebody blows a tire or the engine doesn't fire up or something doesn't happen when they restart. Well, you can almost think of the, when you come out of after the trade deadline as a restart. And you can look at a few, a couple of teams in the, you know, three teams in the American League that have barely struggled, particularly the Angels. Now the Angels went all in to show to show old Show A that, that they wanted to be, you know, contenders, and they went out and got this one and that one, and they've lost seven in a row since August. For August first on seventh game in a row, and they were they, they haven't won since the deadline. And Cleveland has gone out one in five. And you have a theory about that. I guess nothing's ever been said specifically about it, Perry, but you have a theory about maybe what bothering think, the I, people in the Guardian's I think they clubhouse. Have,
0: I think they have the same problem that the Brewers did last year when they traded Josh Hader. Uh, from what you're hearing out of the Guardian's clubhouse, trading of Aaron Savali was not well received. The Guardian players, in fact, thought instead of subtracting, they needed to be going out since at the time they were like a half game or game out They needed to go out and add some players. Well, now they haven't really won a game since they made that trade, and they're now about, what, five or six games out.
2: They are. They're one in five, actually. They did beat the White Sox once, the dysfunctional White Sox we talked about. And And by the the way, uh,
0: Chris, just coming across, um, Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash now says that pitcher Shane McClanahan is unlikely to pitch again this season. Yeah, I was hearing rumors about that. That will hurt the Rays. Yes, they will. They
3: will. and speaking of the Guardians, the only the only uh, person they added was not through a trade. The Oakland A's put Lamont, Lamont Ramon Loriano on. Uh, they designated him for assignment on Saturday. The Guardians claimed him on waivers yesterday, and he's in their starting lineup tonight.
2: And the Red Sox did not get off to a good start. They're now two and four. But what they did was they lost. And we'll talk about Toronto and Seattle here. The Red Sox were co- going into Friday night two games behind t- Toronto, and they got swept. Now you can say it's a lot of averages, because they were seven and zero against Toronto, and there is <coughs> something to be said for that. But they didn't play well, especially Sunday. They got they got beat thirteen to one. They had a terrible base running mistake on Saturday uh, to lose the game five to four. You know, just not a good series. So they ended up five out. They both won last night. Uh, Toronto, of course, beating the Guardians, the team who's profited from all this is Seattle. They've they've been five and one out of the break out of that, and the only loss was to the Red Sox that first night. And they have gotten to within three games of Toronto, and they passed the Red Sox and the Yankees. So they, you know, did take off and and do well. And they didn't do much. As a matter of fact, they got rid of their closer, but they got a young uh, hitter from Arizona who's who's actually kind of promising. So they didn't, uh, you know, didn't really uh, mess their team up. So anyway, that's. that's the I would story also on that. be.
0: I would also bet that somebody. I don't think they have yet, but I would think somebody will claim <clears> Trey <throat> Mancini off of waivers. I, I they may they may wait yeah. till he clears so they can just give him the league yeah. minimum. But <clears throat> I would think somebody would if I mean no, he's not hitting that much, but there is something to be said for uh, a leadership quality, and he would yeah. bring that. Now, yes, the cu- in 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 all fairness to the Cubs, the Jamer Candelario who took. Mancini's roster spot has been really good Mm -hmm. since the trade deadline. But I think that I think some team would be well. To yeah. pick him up, but the Cubs—they need, needed the bat really at this point, worse, you know, than than the leaders. They really needed a bat,
2: right? And Seattle, by the way, won four of those five games against the Angels. So there you go. The, the Seattle beat up on the Angels in in Anaheim, and the Red Sox were beaten up by Toronto in Fenway. So if you look back at it and you say, "Hey, why is Toronto fighting for the and Seattle fighting for that third wild card?" There you go, right there. Okay.
0: And the Angels, and the An- and the Angels, by the way. They were trying to, you know, make it more tempting for Shohei to want to come back. Yeah. They're probably now out of the playoff race, and he's probably gone at the end of the year.
2: Close to it. They're just about out of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the All right. So any more baseball before we get to the I wonderful, wacky that, world of college football? I college think sports? that's it. All right. This well, will be our 12. next big topic. The, the Pac-12 is basically gone. They were decimated. Washington and Oregon went to the Big Ten and Utah, Arizona and Arizona State went to the Big 12. So right at that time, late Friday, the teams that were supposed to be in the Pac-12, or euphemistically we call it, were Cal, Stanford, Oregon State and Washington State. And then uh, yesterday we started to hear that Cal and Stanford are talking to the ACC about going there
1: hold on let me correct they are not they're not saying they're talking they're saying the ACC according
0: to Pete Thamel they are
1: okay well the story I heard that the ACC athletic directors were having a meeting today and uh, the presidents and uh, chancellors are having a meeting about inviting talent champers so chances are there were some talks for that one but yeah and this all this all goes back to that deal for that was present and it was finally officially presented on Friday and as soon as it was presented before there was a vote that's when the five schools all bailed and said no, we're not doing this because it was going to be a twenty million dollar deal with Apple exclusively, and it was going to be subscription based. So if they sold subscriptions to Apple Plus based on Pac-12 uh, football and basketball viewership, and if they could prove that, they would get revenue. So it's basically like a kid going selling candy for a school project is what they had to do for this, for this deal. So they're like, no, we got thirty-one something million dollars to go to the Big Twelve. We got, uh, they're not, uh, Oregon and Washington are not going to get the full $70 million right away, but they said they're still going to get 35 to $40 million of it at first, and then it'll work to the $70 million. So they're like, why are we doing this? And just like San Diego State was – and at the same time, they were talking, oh, the four schools were like, oh, we're going to go add other schools, San Diego State, SMU. San Diego State was like, wait a minute, we are got to pay $34 million to get out of our deal with the Mountain West and to go and maybe make $20 million. And, and then Apple, right after that, when it was down to the four – Apple pulled their offer. They did. So, right. really and awesome. of
0: course, uh, on Friday night, then it came out, according to Pete Thammel, that, you know, because we were hearing on Friday morning, well, they're meeting, they're going to try to stay together, this and this. Apparently, as it stands now, the latest is Oregon blames Arizona causing the problem, you know, leaving first. Arizona blame Oregon. So apparently Oregon and Arizona, I don't think you're going to see Oregon and Arizona hook up for football games in the near term.
1: No. 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 And now the Big 12 story did break first, but they were within an hour of each other. So you don't know which one actually happened
2: first. Well, well, the idea is you blame the commissioner of the Big 12 uh, for the Pac-12 who didn't get a deal on the table that was worth uh, considering. That's who you blame. And you you don't need to blame blame each other. You
1: You gotta blame the you gotta blame the former commissioner which the 12 schools all pick Larry Scott because this all goes back yes yeah, this all goes back to when in 2011 they signed a long-term deal which expires this year and they also got the Pac-12 network involved and they did not get a partner to help them like a Fox or a Sinclair or an ESPN or Viacom or you know name whatever company they didn't get anybody involved and because of this that's why Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, they we're all like, no, I don't think A and M's like we're going to stay. Texas Tech like, we're going to stay. ESPN jumped in said, "Hey, Texas, we'll give you the Longhorn Network," which caused them trouble with Texas A and M, and that's why they went to the SEC. But the Longhorn Network is basically a test for the SEC network. They had that opportunity. Then you heard the opportunity of the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve merging, Boldly costs and that didn't go through. Pac Twelve had a chance after Texas and Oklahoma left. They could have kept it regional. Could have got Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, uh, whoever. They could have had Baylor, TCUs. They don't want they. Didn't want religious school and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. They said, they're not up to our academic standards. But all of a sudden, when everybody leaves, the four teams, the Cal, who was the biggest one, we are an academic school. Where they were recruiting SMU, a religious school in San Diego State, which is a Cal State school, which they don't, they feel, and I'm not saying it's right, but they feel it's inferior to them. And they didn't want to go to the Mountain West, which everybody had them doing. They wanted to post the Mountain West, but they didn't want to go there because, if, except for Air Force, it's lesser academic schools than, say, Cal and Sanford.
0: And, and well, you know, the, the, hold on just a second, Robert, the interesting thing that that i heard um after everything went down is you can't oregon can't really blame arizona nor vice versa because for this to all work espn runs you know the the sec and the big 12 and fox basically runs the big 10 they were really the determiners in this working or not working, because a lot of the athletic directors in both conferences really didn't want to do it because, you know, in the end, it's going to cost them more money for the travel and, and this and that. So, I mean, don't fool yourself. This is an ESPN and Fox. Doing yep. so the
2: conference had been around since 1916 so one of the oldest ones as the pacific coast concert conference and the the thing is people pointed out the travel you know for football hey you're on a plane for a couple three hours more you know whatever no big deal it's really about basketball and baseball and stuff like that well, all the other the olympic
1: sports the olympic sports mainly because basketball it is but the olympic sports especially like all at which the pac 12 the pac 12 is very well known for all the olympic sports you're your, uh Yeah, for your swimming and track and all those, and And baseball and softball. Go ahead, Robert. Go ahead, Robert.
3: Um, Also, uh, now with Cal and Stanford going to the uh, ACC, uh, if it goes Potentially. Yeah. But but that is going to create a major issue. If I would have been them, and I I understand where they're coming from, I don't agree with it, but if I would have been them, I would have gone, because I'm assuming Oregon State and Washington State are going to wind up in the Mountain West. uh, Possibly. those Possibly. those four
2: schools should have But if you if, if you're a fan base, more about Stanford than Cal. If you're a fan base and you can bring in Duke and and North Carolina in basketball, and you can bring in uh, Notre Dame, because then you're in that Notre Dame rotation, and you always have regular games with Notre Dame. That's right. a lot better than bringing in San Diego State. You're not going to sell tickets that way.
0: What they're trying to do, as I understand it, the ACC by even bringing this up. Florida State has hired J.P. Morgan Chase to right. to f- help them figure out what it would take for them to get out of the ACC and basically go independent. And Florida State feels, and I know it's one of your area schools, Chris, but Florida State feels, you know, why are we having to, to take the same amount of money every year as Boston College when we're so much inferior to them? And Florida State- And we bring the and, rating. Yes, and their, their point is, with uh, Cal and Stanford, Florida State basically said that does nothing for them. They still are wanting out.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's still going to cost them a lot of money. And it the is. thing it's, is, too, it'll if you, cost if, them
0: over to, to just to get out. It'll cost them over 100 million. Then they have to get a TV contract to carry their games. It's I mean, to be honest, for Florida State, that's going to turn into a mess, too. No, and no. every other every
1: other TV deal expires before the ACC deal does. Even the SEC, which goes through like 2034, because the, the ACC deal doesn't expire until after the 36-37 football and basketball season. So right. they're locked in, and they signed that. And Florida State, who was ready to leave way back in 18, and the Big 12 would have snatched them up, Florida State and Maryland were the two that were not happy about it. Florida State could have just said, okay, we're going to leave now. The Big 12 would have taken them now, and who knows? You might have still had an old Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma because they would have gotten Florida State, and who knows who else they would have brought in as a 12 team. So,
0: I mean, it's going to get interesting. Now, one thing the ACC has done this year, as I understand it, is they're going to have, maybe one football game per week and basketball game during the season on the CW, that'll give them a little more exposure, if you will. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's the ACC in all honesty made a big error by signing a media rights deal that goes that long because when they signed it, I mean, it was smart for ESPN to do because they got oh, the yeah. ACC at a little bit cheaper of a deal. Right. But now when you see the big 10 and the big 12 and the SEC getting what they're getting, Right, The ACC, it really, to be honest, it really looks cheap.
2: But on the other and hand, one they thing, were smart to get the thing set up so that it costs so much to get out of it that people can't really leave. So, you know, yeah, which and
1: one, one case, thing I've, I've also heard is it could just be a Cal and Stanford for football only because Notre Dame's in for all the other sports and they got the working. So you'd have a 16-team football league and 15 for the other stuff. That's one of the rumors, but others are saying for everything. See, then Cal and Stanford could go get in, oh, like the Big West or something for all the other sports. That's right. one rumor that I have heard. Uh, now, rumor. Where's the yeah. hold on
0: Chris hold on, Chris? What yeah. is the latest I thought I had heard and I've heard it periodically that at some point Cal was even thinking of dropping football entirely. They were. They yeah, and they
1: still too. might they still might. If they if this doesn't happen, I've heard they still might. And yeah, the rumor is if Notre Dame, here's the thing with Notre Dame, Fox has said that, you know, and that they would be willing to say we'll let NBC have all the Notre Dame games. They get all the NBC revenue for Notre Dame. They'll continue with their contract. You can basically have your own deal, but be a part of the Big Ten, and then we'll just have Notre Dame's road games, and they won't get as much from Fox because they're getting their own NBC deal. And and if they did that, then, hey, you think, okay, Stanford. And Stanford might be saying, do we want to wait and see what Notre Dame does because they're a rival of ours, USC's a rival, you know, and then Cal goes and drops football. And remember, the, big, the other thing that you want to bring in on this so, Big 12 went ahead and talked to ESPN and Fox, their two partners, and they moved their negotiation date up two years. And they signed that deal before the Pac-12 even had a chance to negotiate because Fox and ESPN both said, oh, no, we just locked up the Big 12 through 2031. So so they can also blame Brett Yormark in a way for saying, hey, we got our own. And he put in the provision that any t- new teams coming into the Big 12, and they say they're stopping at 16 now, they get the same amount of money, the $31.5 million right. that the other 12 well, teams get.
0: Well. And I know I know Bill you you've been you follow the Big 10 for years like I have. The Big 10 wants Notre Dame like nothing else.
2: Oh, of course.
0: The <laughs> Big 10 wants Notre Dame like nothing else and they will they will do whatever they have to do to get Notre Dame. So if there's a way to do it the Big t- and they want Notre Dame for everything, football and – For and, 100 uh, years they have. Oh, no kidding. Could, oh, it would be a natural. Drop in State, it, Maryland, whoever you got to do, but pick well, up Notre Well, what they could Dame. do at this point, they could bring in Notre Dame and Stanford. Well, that would put you at 20. Yeah. yeah. And that would right. be five divisions? Four five teams Canada. division. Yep. And, and, ahead, and, you know hold, – hold, so, hold on, Sean. Go ahead, Bill. No, I didn't say anything. Oh, go ahead. Okay, uh, go
1: ahead, Sean. No, I would say, okay, I would say the the Big Ten, Pac-12, adding these Pac-12 teams almost, it somewhat makes sense because, as we know, the Pac-12 has always been the Big Ten's little brother. Go back to COVID. The Pac-12, when the Big Ten said, oh, we're not going to play the Pac-12, did it. they've had that partnership for 100 years, you know, playing each other. Like I said, the Pacific Coast Conference. So, that all, it's like, well, hey, instead of you being our little brother and our little, you know, whatever partner, you're going to be part, the main schools from here, you're part of us now. That's basically here, what they here's
0: the Here's the two things that really make people mad. Turn your clock back two years. Remember when the SEC went out and got Oklahoma and Texas and you hear, oh, the Big 12 and the ACC and the Pac-12, they've formed this union to help each Big other 10. in this and yep. You know what? They formed mm-hmm. the. They didn't form any union at all because that oh. union is gone. Oh. And oh. Yep. and keep in mind too, th- it's all about football. It's all. That's, th- right. that's what this really is about. They'll they'll figure the other sports out as they go. But th- yeah. this is yeah. really football.
1: At least the SEC one makes sense because all the states connect to each other. Like they do. in Oklahoma connect. That at least makes sense. Yeah. And, and well, Greg person... Sankey
0: and Greg Sankey has already said he he really had no interest in in going way out to the left coast
2: Nope. All right go ahead chris One one person that we should talk about back when football when back when men were men and football was football is Johnny Lujak. Now people maybe don't know much about him. He's dead at ninety eight years old. He's from Connellsville, Pennsylvania, in the Pittsburgh area. He was at Notre Dame from forty three, and then he went in the uh, Navy forty four and forty five. Back in forty six and forty seven, he was uh, 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 so he was in Europe. He uh, he was on three national championship teams. Notre Dame didn't go to bowls in those days, but uh, they were they still were voted as national champion. He won the Heisman in forty College Hall of Fame in '60. He played for the Bears from '48 to uh, from '48 through '51. 41 passing touchdowns, 21 rushing touchdowns, 12 interceptions. This is back when they played two ways. Uh, two Pro Bowls. Uh, a hundred, uh, he's one of the hundred greatest bears. And then he went to Notre Dame in 52 to be an assistant. Now that back when, and I keep bringing this up with these older guys, that's back when he had an assistant at Notre Dame, I'm sure paid better than playing in, for the bears, even as a star, he was there at 52 and 53, but they gave, uh, and Frank Leahy wanted him to, uh, get the job, but they ended up hiring, uh, uh, Terry Brennan. And so then he went and started a car dealership in Iowa with his in-laws in 1954, Then he did Giant TV was for CBS from '58 through '61. But then Ford became a primary sponsor, and he was selling uh, Chevys, so he wasn't going to be doing that anymore. So uh, he then still did some. uh, So that's when they got Pat Summerall in on that. But then he went on and did uh, college uh, for CBS and ABC. Sorry, backup games, uh, never a main guy. But you know, and did some college for CBS and ABC, and then. And he was the oldest Heisman Trophy winner. That's now Pete Dawkins from Army, who won it in 1958. So there you go. So that's back when, when life was simple and nobody played anybody and everybody argued about the mythical national championship all the time. So there and, by, and
0: by the and by the way, Chris, just in case you care, there are so many car dealerships in Iowa. There really are.
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, they uh, I, I forget what town they gave, but uh, they did. Okay, so do we have any more with uh, college, or are we ready to move on to the NFL?
0: Well, hopefully no, I we next we'll keep it, we'll keep an eye on things and next, probably in the next week or two, we'll start kind of getting you ready for, college football because don't look now it's in what two three weeks the season kicks off yeah,
1: 25 25 to 23 days away from uh, the big north carolina and south carolina kickoff actually no it's 16 it's 18 days away from zero week which you have a few games but i think yeah. next week i'm going to try to go through who's in we've talked about future but i'm going to go through who's in what conference this year yeah. and the tv networks next week i think i'm going to yeah. do that
0: yeah because I there have there have there have been some changes and we talked about this and we're going to try to keep it as simple as we can so that anybody will be able to understand it. So we'll deal with that next week. Well, the commanders'
2: owners uh, tried to take a little control, and Don Geronimo Geronimo was fired from the uh, WBIG, which is he was the morning show host on uh, uh, on the iHeart radio station that carries their game. He had demeaned a reporter, made a a commanders beat writer woman, uh, you know, called her like a cheerleader, and I don't know, kind of an airhead or whatever he did. And so that was kind of that was it for him. He's out. He he was losing his fastball anyway. He wasn't too good anymore. So that's kind of but they kind of wanted to show. I think. and push push themselves around a little bit that they are not Daniel Snyder. That they're going to do something about this uh, old boy network kind of thing. And this is not directly related to the NFL, but this is just an interesting thing because FS one is now the most carried cable uh, network in america, seventy one point three seven five million household. and ESPN is seventy one point three two three three two one. So it's not much, you know a big lead or anything. And a ESPN about the same as ESPN one. And all the sports uh, cable network, Uh, taking hits because streaming is increasing and they've lost, uh, you know, 15 to 20% in the last few years. Uh, So that's why the NFL is getting into the, you know, to the business with Amazon and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, they, they're just trying to diversify, but it's interesting because they've got their their straight up deal for Monday night with ESPN. But you know, the next Ooh. time a contract comes around, we'll see what they do. But that's going to be a while. They signed a the long term, so they're going yeah. And that's why
1: ESPN is looking at doing the direct to consumer also for people yeah. that have already cut the cord. And they're going to package it in with their ESPN Plus for those that don't have cable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by the
3: way, by the way, speaking of ff one and this, is, this does relate to the NFL. Uh, yesterday, it was announced that Richard Sherman will be Skip bailing with his new partner on his morning show.
2: Oh so, yeah, I forgot that. Okay. That's yeah. All right. Yeah. And also while we're talking about the media, Nickelodeon will have a Super Bowl alternate broadcast. CBS will be the main broadcaster on February 11th from uh, from Las, uh, Las Vegas. Vegas, and they they are both Paramount. Nate Barolson will be on the Nickelodeon uh, games. I guess he's been on Nickelodeon before.
1: Yeah, he uh, does the, he does the playoff games that they usually do. They usually do a first round playoff game, but they're going to do it on the Super Bowl this year. Him and I and right. Eagle yeah, way, and no Eagle, no Eagle. Eagle.
2: No oh, Yeah, and uh, Robert, you wanted to talk a little bit about Hard Knocks coming back to HBO.
3: Uh, Yeah, HBO, uh, Hard Knocks has not been on regular HBO for the last two years because they wanted to get everybody to stream with HBO Max. It's now just called Max. Well, because, I don't know if this is because of the New York Jets, and whether they're trying to get more people to watch. Not only will you be able to stream it on max, but you will be able to see the uh, series on HBO <coughs> start tonight. And it lasts for five weeks, so I will try and watch it. Although, from what I understand, the Jets aren't being very cooperative.
2: Nope, um, nope, we talked about that. Um, they,
3: they, uh, and, of course, you're not going to be able to see the cut. So I'll I'll come in and try to let everybody know what changes have been made, if any, and and whether the product is still as good as it was or whether the Jets have – mess it up, because uh, they've made it a point, and they've publicly said every single day, we're not giving them this, we're not giving them that, so it'll be interesting to see what NFL Films are going to be allowed to uh, put up there. Jets always
2: so, mess something up. I'm just going to, you know, just cross my mind, and, and you know, it's not a wild statement. Jets are not going to the Super Bowl. I don't know why, I don't know what, they're not going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. They're not? Really? No. no <sighs> they're not. Too many, too many good teams in that uh, conference. The Jets, speaking of the Jets, they hadn't been on NBC, since Thanksgiving night against the Patriots in 2012 – but they've got the most standalone game, so if they <laughs> they end up four and thirteen, the networks aren't going to be real happy with it. But they're not going to be that bad unless yeah. Rogers. Well, gets I, I, I see something. a
3: lot of flexing going on if the Jets don't have good years. <laughs>
2: that's right, and yeah. so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Now, I just don't. You know, you got the Bengals, you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, and they're better than the Jets, right there. Yep. Alvin Kamara yeah. has got a three-game suspension for a fight in front of a Las Vegas nightclub. that so, occurred uh,
3: last year, Chris, and they're just now suspending him. That occurred during the twenty twenty two Pro Bowl.
2: Wow. Okay, and the 2023 Hall of Fame class was Don Corriel Air Corriel, former coach of the St. Louis Cardinals and the and the San Diego Chargers, uh, and the offensive guru uh, Ken Riley from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he's also passed away, as Don Corriel and uh, Chuck Howley, Dallas linebacker. He was he won Super Bowl five MVP on a losing team, and certainly the first defensive player to win it. And if we had any other defensive players win it, I'm not sure. Uh,
3: Larry Brown from the Cowboys.
2: Okay, yep. there you go. So two Cowboys defensive winners, but Chuck yeah. Howley lost in that uh, They last-second field goal, though the Colts beat them.
3: And he's, but, the only, he's the only MVP in the Super Bowl to ever be from the losing team.
2: So. Right, well, nowadays okay. the voting, and that's the old Bruce Hurst syndrome, where they uh, announced that Bruce Hurst was going to be the MVP of the World Series in 86 before the World Series was over. People yeah. used to vote with, like, five minutes to go, you know. I remember hearing announced, that, oh, they just gave us our ballot for MVP. What do you think, Fred? You know, and yeah. they talk about it. Well, now, of course, they can vote on their phones. They can do whatever, so you know, about three minutes after the game, you'll get the announcement. So they can wait right, right till the end. Zach Thomas is in there. Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, DeMarcus Ware from Dallas. Uh, Joe Klecko from the New York SAC Exchange with Mark Asano and those guys. Uh, part of the stack exchange, uh, they didn't have great teams, but they were they were call, colorful. Darrell Rivas also call, colorful from the Jets, Jets yes. Patriots, and I think Denver, and Rondé Barber from Tampa Bay. So that was a big class, and of course, they they have rules to tell that tell you that you got to have X number of people in there or else. So uh they, they yep. don't have small classes. Any more NFL uh, well, stuff now? The training one, camps just, are underway.
0: Just one more thing, and I know Bill, you and I follow this every year, and I've not heard anything yet. Have you heard anything as regard to any of the streaming stuff this year? As far as like TuneIn, them? I have heard nothing yet. I've heard 0.0. 0. Yeah, but but obviously, obviously, Bill and I will watch that for you as we keep do that every Keep that space time. going and see who's yeah. going. I know do XM what. beefed up last year their pre and
2: post game coverage for the teams. If you yes, go to the did. team channel and and get it that way, or they'll keep they'll let you stay around for a little while and let you be there a little. I'm not sure about ahead of time, but they certainly will after the
0: game. They did so one they thing that they too. didn't do last year, and I, I didn't like this because I enjoyed it when I could do it. And I know Robert, you did too. I enjoyed yes. being able to listen to the archive of the games, and I I did not see that anywhere on the XM app last year.
3: No, it, it, that upset me because it was, I mean, on a Sunday, for example, you you uh, you go through a game, you, games. Develop, yeah. you, you see all the scores, and you go, well, gee, I could go back and listen to such and such. And yeah. I used to love doing that, but no, you couldn't do that last year. That's all you on know, the
1: NFL Mobile now. They want everybody it, to get that from the archives.
0: And so. if you catch a you know, you might catch a night on Wednesday night where there's nothing on TV or radio or yeah. whatever. and yeah. you might I'll just go back and I'll listen to Paul Allen. <laughs> He's that, entertaining, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> but that by Dallas yeah. Minnesota game or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, all right, any more NFL? And of course, preseason kicks off on uh, Thursday night for real, so that'll yep. be fun. Everybody yep. will be playing, and uh, the that's games where we—that's
0: where we may learn a little more about the streaming. We'll, we'll kind of watch it this weekend and yeah. uh, keep you posted. Yeah.
2: But don't uh, don't hold your breath about announcers because some of them are involved in their TV booths. You're going to oh, hear, yeah. for example, Scott Zolak and and uh, Bob Sosi do like a sort of a TV-ish, radio-ish broadcast, and that's not going to happen during the season. of um, course.
0: And one other announcers thing,
2: just aren't there, you know, you know, with their teams because they're on TV. One Go announcing ahead, uh,
0: thing, one thing that I can tell you with announcing, and we had said that you know the health issues were Jim Donovan, he did do the Hall of Fame game. Yes, so yeah, that's uh, right. Good, yes. good for him. Good for him. He's he's a good announcer. Yes. Yeah, he is.
3: and the Raiders are still going to have Beth Mullins on TV. Now, what can kind of
2: Yeah, but you got uh, you got uh, your buddy there on the Red, Ra- Jason, uh, Jason. Jason Horowitz. Horowitz. Jason Horowitz does yeah. a good job.
3: Good. Okay,
2: any pro and more any more football before we no. go to basketball? No, nope. All go right, to the basketball. Diana De- Tarazi, first player in WNBA history for ten thousand points. Of course, therefore the all-time scorer, Former UConn star, and uh, she plays for the Phoenix Mercury. She's forty-one years old, so that's pretty cool for her to be. And she got forty-two points in regulation the other night, so the, certainly the oldest player to ever do that. San Antonio will now play in the Frost Bank Center, uh, which was uh, up to now the AT&T Center. You know, it's funny because when we have these banks and stuff take over, you know, they don't, they're regional banks or, you know, within a state or two, yep. and you don't know, you don't know who they are. I was, the what? The Frost Bank? So I was i was kidding Sean. I said, does that mean in yeah. the summer they really turn the air conditioner yeah. up? But he says, the Frost <laughs> family that founded the bank. Yeah, you
1: know? Fr- yeah the Frost family, they, they're only, their branches are only in Texas, but as they said, they have customers now with online banking in all fifty oh, yeah. states, and that's actually when we first moved to Texas. That's where my parents' first bank account was. in they're a San Antonio owned business. They, you know, they're out of there. So it's good to see a locally owned business sponsor something in their city instead of something from somewhere else.
2: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, that's like I like Gillette Stadium being Gillette Stadium. That's a cool thing. Yeah, and uh, Anthony Davis three for one hundred eighty six million from the Lakers, and that's so he's an in the.
3: An extension,
2: but he's now in, uh, for that money, he's in the J, uh, Jalen Brown territory, where we just, you know, a new, new contract every week will come out that, that, uh, boosts the ante, but, you know, that's, uh, and of course, Jalen's five years, and, uh, uh, that was, I think, an extension too, because he was into his last year. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, can he stay healthy? That's the question with uh, and, uh, with him. That's yep. The
3: for the Lakers.
2: That's right. Okay. So, Robert, believe it or not, I think we have some time to do a little NHL, and we should do the top headline uh, right off the bat because we had a trade uh, involving the uh, Pittsburgh acquired Eric Carlson from San Jose in a three way deal. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, and, and he is the Norris Trophy winner. And, uh, so he's 33 years old. He, uh, they sent a round, a, a first round pick and forward, uh, Michael, <laughs> uh, Granlund and, uh, defenseman, uh, Jan Ruda. And Carlson, uh, first defending Norris winner to be traded since Doug Harvey in 1961. As I yep. said, he's, uh, he's, uh, he, the, he scored over 100 points this past year and he's the first one to do that, uh, defenseman to do that since Brian Leach in 1991 92. So That's he's correct. still got it. Montreal yep. was involved tangentially all. So Pittsburgh also received forward uh, Rem Pidlick from San Jose, and then forward from uh, uh, Dylan Hamel H- H- from Montreal. And then there's a bunch of other players going back oh, and uh, forth to send uh, Dill- their goalies. Dillion,
3: came from the Sharks. The other guy came from the uh, Montreal, Montreal. and They sent they sent uh, uh, one of their goaltenders, uh, Casey DeSmith to Montreal, and Jeff Petrie to Montreal.
1: Yeah, um, a whole bunch also- of people.
3: Also, Montreal Mike Coffins in San Jose, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason why three teams had to get involved, Eric Carlson is going to get $11.5 million for four more seasons. And uh, so what's going to happen is the Sharks are picking up 1.5, Pittsburgh's picking up their fortune, and he's also going to get paid by the Montreal Canadiens, even though he doesn't play for them for four years.
2: Okay, so, and yeah. and we also and we also lost somebody in the, in hockey, Gilles Perrault, I mean uh, Gilles Gilbert, <laughs> yeah. who uh, was a uh, goalie for the Bruins. Uh, started out with Minnesota, then the Bruins, then Detroit, and he was uh, very good in the playoffs for the Bruins in a couple of years 78, 79, And uh, you know he died at seventy four years old. That is kind of scary. So yeah. anyway, and, and also uh, we had mentioned briefly, I think and we can get this, and we won't do all the signing. But uh, Rocky Wertz died, who was the owner of the uh, Blackhawk, at 70 years old, and his son, Danny, who's 46, will take over or has taken over. He was already the CEO since 2020, so that's pretty seamless, and so yeah. he's going to move in and, and take away, take over day-to-day operations with the Blackhawk. and yep. the Wurtz family has owned the team since the 50s, so that's, anyway. That's correct. All right, so we're pretty clear close to and the one,
0: end. We'll get one more in real quick. Fox Sports 1 has passed ESPN. They are now in more home Fox Sports yeah. 1 than ESPN. That. Did we? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. did. Yeah, we did. Just at the beginning well, of the we NFL. Covered it. Well, we covered it again, so we now, really, <laughs> we did you now we know do. it. Yeah. It really is a big yeah. deal
2: for Fox Stock. If you have Fox Stock, it went up yes. 15 points because of that. Yeah, you're well, if, you stock, happy.
0: if you have Stock in Book Talk, though, that is coming up in two minutes, so we'll see you next week, and Book Talk comes up in two minutes from now.
1: They'll go get to real the computer.